This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. <laughs> um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I, All right, we're I, back. I hate it. I Following hate it. just a barn burner of a Monday Night Football game in which... The New York Jets got a much-needed loss to keep them at number one in the race for Trevor Lawrence. I'm here, as I am, every Monday night to recap another great week in the NFL and just a a beautiful restart to the Cam Newton for MVP hype train that had fallen off the tracks in recent weeks, but uh, at 3-5 and five, and just a really gutsy effort against that uh, vaunted New York Jets defense. Um, I think it's safe to say that Cam and the Pats are back, and the Jets are the Jets. Evan Sowards, good evening. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I uh, I got you know I got to say we are a long, long ways away from that Patriots Super Bowl win, uh, are we not? I mean, I know you love Cam and you're super excited for him having a good game tonight, but. Uh, the worst team in the NFL almost beats the Patriots and it takes a game winning field goal, like 50 yard field goal to win the game is just the saddest thing. Like Bill Belichick storyline ever like this season for him, I mean, like, you know, they won sure, but like they almost got beat by Joe Flacco and Adam Gase. Look, it was a, it was a, Difficult environment. The Jets were wearing the black unis. Nobody in attendance. There was a there was a lot asked of Cam in this this offensive group, and uh, he was hitting the screens when he needed to. He was finding Jacoby Myers. He was building that rapport. He was managing the clock. He he was doing everything necessary to guide the pa- uh, the Patriots down the field and set up that game winning field goal by former New York Jet legend Nick Volk. So. Uh, Good for him, and then we got a great soundbite of some dude yelling what on a holding call um, that uh, I don't know if you saw from this game. Um, Pete Blackburn, friend of the pod, pulled it, but it was really funny. This dude, they just caught on the hot mic of what? It was uh, it was great. It was, That's, it was very funny. I, I think everyone is just very happy that there's no uh, overtime. They shouldn't have been allowed. It, with these two teams... I think the NFL should have stepped in and been like, "No, you're 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 not playing extra time with this." You know how like when people celebrate free football for overtime, generally speaking, no one's celebrating overtime Jets. Like that's I think if the Jets don't win in regulation, they automatically take a loss. I think they would even be okay with that, right? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I gotta say, if you're a Jets fan, well, so I mean, you're if excited. you're Jets, you're excited to continue to be to, uh, winless. As you get closer and closer to Trevor Lawrence, but you got to think: Does he consider staying another season? Who, Trevor Lawrence? 
Yeah. I mean, even if he does, like we like to do this a lot too, because we just saw Tua this week who really opened up the clip in that uh, duel with Kyler that we'll get into. But like, we always like to believe like no one saw Joe Burrow coming until (laughs) it happened. And then Joe Burrow went number one overall. No one thought that Justin Herbert would be this good, this fast. Nobody like rookie quarterbacks. Like you just don't know with these guys. Like Baker's I knew number one. That Justin Herbert would be this good, this okay. fast. Sure, sure. Did I not? What sure. did I say since day one? Speaking of, I'll, I'll give you my Justin Herbert comp after watching that whole game this week and then watching all of Matt Ryan. It's um, he's Matt Ryan out west. That is who he reminds me of more than anybody else. I I put my finger on it. He's Matt Ryan. As he as as they continue to now what they are uh, they're like two and seven now yeah well but now he's now getting Matt, the Matt Ryan experience where he just puts up these bonkers numbers he has a cannon arm he's got great receivers uh, suspect offensive line running back and somehow loses to yeah the and he somehow loses Raiders. in just horrible ways that's what I'm saying yeah three hundred twenty six yards two touchdowns he went off I feel like. The Chargers are now like your adopted LA team. No, they are a hundred percent. The second that I said, I was like, my Oregon Ducks quarterback gets drafted by the LA team that no one actually likes, and <laughs> Philip Rivers is not there anymore. Like, yeah, they're my AFC team for sure. Are you gonna get season tickets next year? No, one. I don't think anybody will be getting season tickets next year. We'll see. Well, hold on. Uh, Vaccine in the building and uh, the antibody test this week. Good, good news yeah. to start out the week. <laughs> Big yes, it's big big things. But in order to get the you know the vaccine, probably still won't come out till like mid to late next year, and then from there you'll have to get like you know immunity built up. So I don't think they'll will be doing football with fans at least the first half of the season if they do get it. Who knows? Mm. I don't this know. It's it's way too early to forecast. We have no idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, totally. You sound sick under the weather. How are you feeling, Evan? How are you feeling so, tonight? I'm feeling very tired, mm. um, but I am I, I am completely out of it, but for good reason. So, uh, you know, this is not football related, but my my company that I work for is a is a crazy uh, exciting startup working on building a brand new mode of transportation that'll allow uh, pods to travel at 700 miles an hour, and you'll be able to connect cities uh, like LA to Vegas or LA to San Francisco in like 30 minutes. LA to um, Atlanta. Uh, well, maybe one day. Yeah, LA to Knoxville. So most people do, right? So yesterday, or for Sunday, excuse me, um, we drove to Las Vegas and we did our first ever human testing in the pods. Um, so I I was in the car for about nine hours. Uh, Were and you I in am, the pod? No, I, I I wish I applied. They said no. I think I think that was too. <laughs> they were like, we can't we can't trust Evan in the pot. We we we've yeah. heard about the white claws. We can't we well, can't put him in here. They put the they put the CTO as one of the, as one of the people instead of me. So you know, mm. I think I was a little bit lower on the totem pole. Uh, wow. But yeah, man, fuck, oof, I am physically and mentally exhausted from a a very short long trip. All right. Well. Uh, rest up, sir. You, you've earned it because guess what? You got to you got to you got had to sit out on um, watching uh, the 49ers play football this week. Right. We had a we had a we had a Sunday off. Yeah. Uh, guess who has a Sunday off next week? The Falcons. They do, as they yeah. make their march towards the playoffs. Which I'm gone. I've I tell gone you? back and for, I've gone back and forth on this. Hey, I mean, I'm, I've been you? a believer. Uh, I mean, I told you. I said, fire the head coach. You're yeah. going to win football. Raheem Morris, three and one. And they're winning football games. Someone like 
Packer fans are starting to get on my nerves. They're starting to get on my nerves. That's an easy thing to accomplish, but go on. Mr. Swords. Look at that. You like that? I do like that. It sounds nice. Yeah, Mr. Swords. Um, you got it wrong at the beginning of the, the pod, but... You know. <laughs> I, I was hoping you didn't catch that because I thought about it like literally right after I did it. I was like... <sighs> Chase, that, that pronunciation <laughs> is like the equivalent of a baseball bat to a face. Like, There's no not noticing it. <laughs> Like you could whisper that 600 yards away and I'd be like, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to like write it down in my notes. Like I'm going to put down, uh, I'm looking at my Google doc for the show sheet right now and I should just like change it to like put the phonetic sound, but after your last name, just so I know every single time to look at it, that'd be just just uh, use like two swords, like, like a little, like little, little photo swords emojis. yeah, like dual dual swords. Mm. Just just Evan and that. Evan swords. Um, what happened in Tampa Bay? Because I feel like if we don't talk about Tampa Bay, um, and what happened this this night, I just they go down thirty eight to three to the Saints. The Saints just have their way. Jameis eats some W's after the game. Um, I thought this was interesting, and I. It's so hard for me to overreact to any given Sunday. Uh, you like that reference, any given Sunday here? Yeah. Because like we've seen the Packers look terrible weeks. We've seen the Vikings look terrible early on this season. We've seen different teams just have really out of character bad games. The Chiefs against the Raiders. Like it just it bounces around the league. It's like this little virus that uh, just plagues good teams every now and then. And I don't know if I'm going to overreact to this game because I'm just like Brady is going to have stinkers every now and then we, that much is clear, but like they're still just too much talent. Like I, Tristan Wirfs has been really good at left tackle for them. Um, they weren't able to run the ball. Uh, the saints had to do a lot of weird stuff to win this game. Taysom Hill had to like catch passes, throw passes, rush, lead the team in rushing. Like a lot of stuff went right for the saints in this game and look they they overpowered them they're better coached they do more with less they're just very differently built team and their defense is coming on which is i think is a very important thing we'll get to marshawn Lattimore trolling um mike evans again um but in 335 this is coming from peter king's football morning in america must read on nbc sports if you do not read it it's in the morning um he said in 335 regular season and playoff games Brady's 40.4 QB rating was his third worst ever, and the beatdown was reminiscent of the 31 to nothing loss to Buffalo on opening day 2003. My mind immediately, I remember the horrible Bills navy blue uniforms they were wearing for that. I remember Drew Bledsoe. I remember Lawyer Malloy at free safety for the Bills. I remember where I was when they beat the crap out of the Pats and blew my mind. I remember being at Rockford's and now closed restaurant in Stone Mountain, Georgia, where I left my family when we went to lunch after church every Sunday. Like this was like one of the ones we went to all the time. And I would just go to the separate booth and just watch the NFL while they're just talking about whatever by myself and just be a weird sports loner. And I'm just watching the bills thrash the Pats on opening day and just being completely amazed at 12 years old. Uh, that That is a nugget for you. Yeah. I mean, so they talk about the reality of why it happened, right? They played like a soft, soft zone 
coverage against Breeze. That's just like the one the one thing you can't do with Drew Breeze. He's just going to eat up those short passes, and he did that. But I think really the big thing is is the Tom Brady part, right? This is Tom Brady's worst loss since like his the beginning of his career since 2006. Uh, it's he, Tom Brady went without a touchdown and three had three interceptions for the first time since 2006. You know, Tom Brady was bad, but I'm not going to say that this is a a defining moment for the Bucks. But the reason why is not, I think, what you'd probably expect. I just don't think, even this far into the season, I think with COVID, the lack of training camps, just the way this the world is going, I don't think any team other than Patrick fucking Mahomes is going to be the same week in and week out. I think every team is going to have potential to have one of these games. And I think that's just what happened. I think the Bucks still have a really good defense. Um, you know, Tom Brady's got good weapons. It doesn't – I'm a little worried that they're not using Mike Evans and they're not using some of the other weapons. Uh, but, yeah, I just – I think this is an asterisk. I don't think it's going to happen again like this. Uh, and I want to see the end of Tom Brady. I mean, I'm so excited for him to suck and have the lame duck arm that Peyton Manning had his last season and you know with the Broncos. So I'm waiting for that day to come. But I just don't think that was it. And, and I also don't think the Saints are that good this year either. So like, really, it felt like just two old men beating up on each other. And Drew Brees got the best of him. Some might say it reminded them of the 2020 presidential election. Oh, my God. You like that? Yeah. Topical. I like to stay topical on this podcast. Yeah. Um, when Breeze had time in this game. So they played a lot of soft zone, as you mentioned. Todd Bowles has been criticized a lot today about their game plan against the, the Saints coming in here. Um, Breeze, when he had time, 18 for 21. Brady, when he was pressured, because the Saints were the exact opposite in the way they attacked the Bucks versus uh, the Saints. So Brady was pressured on 19 of his 41 dropbacks and completed 17 of 16 throws for only 60 yards and in an interception and uh, took three sacks. So it, I think about this a lot, too, where when you're surprised by an NFL result, one of the things I look at first is just like, what was the pressure rate for the two quarterbacks? Like this is everything about football now is just so determined by what the quarterback does and how a quarterback survives in a clean pocket versus a broken pocket. And I don't know. It, it was not surprising to me that Drew Brees had a clean pocket for most of the day where he just had time and just uh, demoralized people through his little short passing game with his third rounders and undrafted guys and Taysom Hills and, made up tight ends they drafted in the third round like he he nickeled and dimed him to death with a little michael thomas sprinkled in but like that i think was the story of the game it's like yeah brady was bad but brady also got hit it and got pressured significantly more than uh than breeze did yeah the bucks were really really missing vita v for sure is it vita v or via Vea? I mean, I don't know. I'm never going to be the guy that pronounces names wrong. Vita Vea. Wait, hold on. Cool. I I'll, hold on. As the guy who pronounces names right on this podcast at all times, I can go ahead and clarify here. Vita Vea sounds cooler. Vita Vea does sound cooler. Um, 
It sounds more like a pro wrestler. Um, one more <laughs> note on this. Well, this is a two-parter. Marshawn Lattimore quote tweeted, I think it was PFF who highlighted Evan's struggles against the uh, Saints recently, and Marshawn Lattimore specifically. And he quote tweeted saying, better luck next year. Is this a from a, a good troll evaluator, Mr. Swords? Do you, do you believe- know why? Huh? Do you know why he did? Yeah, because he shut him down. No targets. No, but do you know why he was so aggressive? So let me pull it up. Oh, I, I don't wonder. know. Is there a backstory between these two? Well, there's not a backstory in that, like, I mean, yeah, they fought or whatever, but, like, I, I, I'm going to butcher this. I'm going to get it wrong. But I think it's, like, the last three times he's, like, caught one pass or two passes or something in the entire game for, like, less than 10 yards. So, like, Marshawn keeps playing him and keeps having the same game against him. And so it's just like it's a totally one-sided competition. Like Marshawn Lattimore like owns his shit like whole wholeheartedly. It's like you remember when like Akeem Talib kept stealing Michael Crabtree's like chain. Who could forget? Like that's where we're at. I think a great at this moment point. in American history. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, it was like three games now, including tonight, where he's had you know two or less catches or something like that for less than ten yards. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so we have the Saints, we have the Packers, and we have the Seahawks. All now sitting at six and two. Seahawks, we'll get to in a second. Coming off a bad loss to the Bills. Packers coming off a big win against your team where they had like seven people suit up. And then the Saints playing really good football on both sides of the ball, top ten defense and offense in DVOA. Who of those three would you rank as the best? And how would you rank those one through three at this point in the season? So, you know, I got to say, I think the Seahawks are still the team to beat out of the three. Um, I really, I don't think, I I think the Saints are going to do what they did last year. I don't know. I mean, the 49ers aren't going to be there to do it, but I think they're going to get to the playoffs and they're going to get their ass kicked. I, and, I, you know, they've got a great Great talented team with a lot of talent and a great coach, but I think Drew Brees is just done. I, I you know, I mean, like he's gonna have a good game. I'm sure he can win some games, but like I just don't think he's gonna be, you know, winning playoff games. I mean, you saw what happened when he played the 49ers. I mean, they literally shut that team down. And I think there's some teams this year that have just as good of you know some good defenses. Maybe not as good as the Niners' defense was last year, but. I think, you know, when he gets into the NFC playoffs, you're going to – there's some good teams in the NFC this year. So it just depends what, uh, you know, who gets into the playoffs and, and what uh, – by, you know, whether or not they win in the NFC, which is technically possible for them. Uh, it was definitely interesting, though, to see the Seattle Seahawks lose because remember, like, we've talked about the Bills all year. The Bills are like this team. Like, are they really that good? Are they are they finally here? And then they'll lose a game, and you're like, okay, maybe not. And then they come in, and the, you know, I'm the biggest Bills fan in the world right now. They beat up the Seahawks. It's like my favorite new thing. I'm a Josh Allen. Uh, you know, I've got three Josh Allen jerseys on the way right now, thanks to Amazon Prime. Anybody that can do to the Seattle Seahawks what the Bills just did, like, warms my heart. So, <laughs> so, I, but it. 
but like I said, I, I'll ask you the same question because I just I think the Seattle Seahawks are probably the team that I'm most worried about the most. But they all kind of have like a little bit of like a why are you losing the games you're losing? Um, I think right now I'd probably go one Packers, two Saints, three Seahawks. The Seahawks the defense Packers, is historically bad. The, the we're Packers in had a, one of the worst losses out of all three of those teams. I think part of it, it depends on what you think the Packers defense upside can be. Like, what do you, where do you think they can get? Do you think there's enough talent on this defense to, to improve? I do. Well, Jair, I like the Smiths on the, the edge. Corners. Yeah, they've invested a lot in the corner spots. They have Amos. They have a lot of guys in the secondary. I I think they have a lot more talent um, all over the place than the Seahawks do on that end. I, it's weird the Saints now have the best defense of those three, but I, I don't trust Breeze being able to play this way and get through the NFC gauntlet. I just don't think they'll be able to do it. Um, I think Rodgers is playing an MVP level like Wilson. I think the Packers will probably finish with a better record than the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks might not even win this division. That's still very much up in the air. Um, I don't know about all that. Dude, this this defense is just bad. Like I it, it's we'll get into the actual numbers of just how bad this uh Seahawks secondary is, but in a passing league, having a defense this bad, it kind of reminds me of the Cowboys with Dak in the last couple of years, right? right? Where it's just like that offense and Dak's amazing. They have weapons everywhere. DK Metcalf's fun. Des Bryant's fun. Amari Cooper's fun. But like, who is who is the secondary stopping in the playoffs? Like who who like do you really believe this secondary can be this bad and they can survive? And I just I don't. I think this secondary is atrocious and I don't trust the Seahawks. As great as Russell Wilson has been, I, I don't. I, I think they are a step below just because of how bad that defense is so i think it's still the packers because they can win the most different ways they have the most upside of those three i think and i just trust them as a group and what they were last year where i think they could be the 49ers in the nfc this year they definitely can uh i like i say i think this is a weird year just in general and i think it falls right into football as well i i think Whoever wins the fo- the NFL uh, Super Bowl, you know, whoever's the champion at the end of the year, no one's going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, that made sense. It's going to be some weird shit. It's going to be like the Bills. Uh, but you the know, Bills wouldn't be weird. The Bills might be the best team in the AFC. I mean, I don't care what happens this year. The Bills winning a Super Bowl <laughs> would be weird. I mean, like the Eagles yeah. winning Super Bowl. That's weird. That's weird, man. But we just saw the Lakers who were favored win at all like the lakers just did the dodgers yeah but that was totally different though that was they like ran a the short table and they season. won the it, yeah but the nba it was a weird short results season. so far I, I mean it's yeah it's weird well what about what so I, well i guess the rams aren't going to do it and definitely the chargers aren't going to do it so who knows the rams i wouldn't i mean we'll get to the rams uh they they've been off the grid they got some time to regroup um i don't know probably not I would not bet on golf in that well, group. But it's weird, though, because you have to look at the NFC West right now. The 49ers are 4-5. and five. They're yeah. only one game behind the Rams and the Cardinals. And they're only two games behind the Seahawks. Oh, no. Well, are you talking yourself back into this? No, 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 no. No, okay. but my point is, is the Rams or Cardinals, one of them screws up, 
one of them is not getting a wild card spot. Yeah. Um, the NFC West is just a bloodbath. Um, right. Speaking of the NFC West, Kyler versus Tua happened yesterday, and it was a treat. Going back through that this morning, um, Tua, he is just he's he's something else. So this is from Cameron Wolf of ESPN. Been on the pod, friend of the pod, nice guy. Uh, four. So here is where Tua was um, when he tweeted this out. He had four fewer rushers. When four fewer rushers. Um, attack to a, in the pocket. He was 13 of 14, 178 yards, a TD. The 93% completion rate was the second best by a rookie with 10 plus throws over the last 15 seasons. I'm telling you when I watched Tua through two weeks, we, we saw the comps all over the place. What was the common comp? Do you remember? Steve Young. No. Drew Brees. Well, but yeah, Drew Brees is a comp for Steve Young. I guess. I don't know. No, Steve not, Young can move around a lot more. I, I wasn't know. asking you. That was not, I wasn't. That wasn't. I, I was not coming to you for your your personal opinion on it. I was telling you something that was fact. Um, but no, yes, you're you're you are right though. It is very yeah, mobile. Good insanely arm, accurate good he just doesn't run. make he's like five years ahead of the game where he's just so smart he doesn't like he's never in a cost the dolphins a game like this dude is like the ultimate game manager and i don't mean that disrespectfully i think he's just gonna be he's gonna be like here's where i go with the football this guy's open i'm going here this guy isn't open i'm not doing that i need to do this i need to do these bootlegs which are cool because i'm very pro bootleg and i feel like we don't see enough bootlegs in the modern football game um after going one for five and for five yards in the first half, when he was getting blitzed, six of eight, 65 yards and a touchdown in the second half. He improved. He uh, got used to it, but um, not a lot of talent to work with. No running game, really. Gaskins is out for them. They have been ravaged by injuries at the running back spot. No talent at all. Yeah. Preston Williams, I guess, is fine. But like, yeah, he is he is doing a lot with less. And um, I think I was very much impressed. And I think he is the long-term answer there, health provided. And then I think people are overreacting about the Cardinals problems because the Cardinals since week five, this comes from PFF. The Cardinals have the league's most efficient offense in terms of expected points added per play generated, just edging out Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs. Like, so they're killing it. They are. They're absolutely killing it, but they, yeah. Here's what we need to understand first and foremost about the Cardinals. And I think the Dolphins are in a good position like this too. They're very talented right now and they're only a couple pieces away. Um, Kyler Murray rushed 11, 11 times for 106 yards and a touchdown. He averaged 9.6 yards a carry. Their running back, Chase Edmonds, they're obviously their backup, uh, rushed 25 times for 70 yards. 2.8 yards a carry. Kyler Murray is one of the best running backs in the NFL, and he also is able to throw for almost 300 yards and three touchdowns and no interceptions. So when you get Kirk Christian Kirk to go five for 123 in a tug, like that's how you know Kyler Murray is good because – it didn't matter who was throwing the ball. They were not getting Christian Kirk to do anything. And this was a big draft favorite for a lot of uh, analysts. So when you see that happen, I, as a 49ers fan, I'm terrified. As you should be. 
because this is this is good. Um, are you at all concerned that they just they're so pass heavy? Everything from the gun, Kyler rolling out, and also Kyler was the lowest graded signal caller of the week on plays outside of the pocket. That when he actually runs outside a lot, um, good things don't happen, and that uh, he might need to be one of those guys who Cliff needs to pull aside and be like, "Hey, it, it's okay. Stay in the pocket. Stop running around. Stop. Stop getting antsy." Yeah, you know. Because Mahomes does this a lot, but then he stays in the pocket. Like, he'll dance around, he'll do stuff, but he's still ultimately it's moving around. Him and Rodgers, they both do that. They, they're they both mobile, obviously, but they, they still ultimately stay. We're just getting so many of these young quarterbacks that are coming in that are able to run around and move the ball. Like, yeah. you know, Lamar, Patrick now, and obviously Russell for years, and now uh, Kyler. And it's just like, I think this is just... We're going to have to stop being surprised and excited about it and have to just accept now that this is the new quarterback. This is the this is as much of a quarterback as the traditional, you know, pocket passing quarterback. And and to be honest with you, I mean it's way more dangerous. Kyler Murray is 5 foot 4 running out there lighting NFL defenses up and, you know, it is terrifying so i i'm impressed what they're with what they're doing i gotta say the dolphins though i don't want to i want to talk more about the dolphins here just because the dolphins look good and not like great good but like they've got some really nice picks coming up thanks to houston's stupidity uh they have a great young talent base and they're just a couple picks away and they they have you know with how good their defense is some of those draft picks, those early ones, could be exciting draft picks. They don't have to be, you know, an offensive lineman or they don't have to be, uh, you know, a defensive back. Like a really good wide receiver or a really good running back. Could you imagine – what? how do you pronounce his name since – it was Ed, Etienne? Travis, Travis Etienne. 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 Yeah. Can you imagine him as a, as a running back in Miami? Yeah. I mean, he fits the mole uh, just completely what they're looking for. Like, Chan Gailey exactly. would love to get his hands on uh, on him, yeah. So, I, I'm I'm excited to watch the Dolphins. I like seeing teams that haven't done, in a, done good in a long time be good again. And I love it that it's happening against Bill Belichick and Bill Belichick's conference. Yeah, I mean, these two, the Bills and the Dolphins both look like the best days are ahead for both those teams. Um, long term, who do you like more? It seems like you like the Dolphins more in the next couple of years than the, the Bills. Um, I don't know that I would then the Bills. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know. I don't I haven't seen enough. I really have not seen enough of Tua to be able to say that because you know, as much as we all hate uh <laughs> um you know, as much as we hate uh, the Bills being good and Josh Allen being good, well, I think hold we have on. to. Accept. I don't hate the Bills being good. Well, I mean, we 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 all were very much so of the impression that Josh Allen was not going to be a good quarterback in the NFL, and we've all been pretty wrong so far. Yeah, I think that's true. I think we've all. I think the one thing that seems interesting to me is I think there are a lot of people that are. They 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 feel some type of way about the Baker Josh Allen stuff, right? Because Baker right. went one, and like he was the 
the smart football analyst guy. Right. And Josh Allen was like, what are you doing? And this is insane. He should not be around one guy. So like, I think that's where the disconnect happens is that like those two are just having very, very different careers at this point. People, I, I don't like people like admitting that they're wrong. And like, look, I still am a little still, I still got a little stock in the Baker Mayfield future, but um, I don't know. I don't, there's no case that you can make right now at this point, in both their careers that uh, things look better for Baker than Josh Allen long-term. Yeah, I, I would definitely not say that things look better uh, for Baker at all. I think Baker's – we're not too far away from Baker being, you know, a bottom-tier quarterback in the NFL. I'm not saying he's bad by any means, but we've got some really exciting quarterback play in the NFL right now. You know, I mean, is this might be some of the best quarterbacking in the NFL that we've had probably in how long? Probably forever, because it's just you can't survive without a good quarterback anymore. Like you look at the Bears, you look at just certain teams that just have amazing defenses, and it used to matter a lot more. And you could just get by with average quarterback play if you had an elite defense. And now it's just not the case. You can't survive. Yeah. So, you know, it used to just be Manning, Brady, Rivers, right? That was it. And then Aaron Rodgers came in. Um, But now we've got. You know, half of the teams in the NFL have an exciting quarterback, it seems, right now. And uh, yeah, I don't think that's going away anytime soon. We got a good quarterback class next year, too. Yeah. Um, talk me off my uh, my Pittsburgh doubts. Can you do that, Mr. Swords? Mr. Swords, can you do that? Or are you, well, are so- you anti-Pittsburgh? Not even anti. Let me reframe that. Like, it's... I'm not anti-Pittsburgh. No, I'm any- saying me. I'm like, I don't want it to seem like I, I think Pittsburgh stinks. I am saying it's not to the extent where like the five and one bears were like, yeah, the, those are frauds. Like the, and then they lost three straight. Now they're five and four Pittsburgh. I think are frauds, but not to that degree. I think Pittsburgh is kind of like new Orleans where it's just like, yeah, they're one of the teams. Things have to break right for them to, to really break through, but if you're asking me to believe that they're going to outscore Lamar and Patrick Mahomes in one postseason run, I, I, I have my doubts. I just well, I do. So where is this coming from? Because I was the one saying this all beginning of the season, and Look, you were I the love one. Pittsburgh. That's what I'm saying. Like I, You were saying I that they this. were there? They, they should be. That's what I'm saying. And then I'm watching this Cowboys game yesterday, and I'm like, there's no reason this game should be close. Like the Steelers were getting pressure. The Steelers, Minka Fitzpatrick is awesome. So Minka Fitzpatrick had a recovered fumble and an interception in the end zone late in this game. Like he just continues to be like, I he, he's not MVP of the league, but I, I want to give him some sort of his, some sort of award for just him and what he's meant to that defense. TJ Watt too. But like the offense, they're just, they can't run the ball. James Connors having a really bad year. Benny Snell's not the guy. They have McFarland Jr. in there from Maryland. He's not the guy. No. I, I don't know. Like, there's just uh, – there's something off with this group. And some people say it's Ben's. But then you look at just the skill talent. Ben's never had this much depth around him with Claypool, with Deontay Johnson, James Washington with Chase Claypool. Like, he just has dudes everywhere around him and juju like there's just no reason 
this team should not have the most explosive offense in the AFC outside of the Chiefs. Like you look at just the amount of weapons at his disposal with that offensive line, with that defense, it should just feel more dominant. Does that make sense? It should feel like so they're just you, stepping on people's necks every week. If how do I how do so how do I say this? Okay. Like I'm sorry for the dramatic pause here, but I know I'm ready. Ben Roethlisberger's just not that guy anymore. He has been for a very long time. He won two Super Bowls in like the first three years of his career. Uh, ben Roethlisberger's not that guy anymore, and now he's not bad, but he's not the guy he used to be. So they're eight and zero. They're they've got a really well coached football team. They've got really good weapons. They've got good defense. You know, they've got the makeup for a good football team. But I said this a couple weeks ago, and I still believe this. I think you've got a lot of teams that are playing like that, that have records like they're a tier eight, you know, a tier one team, and they're just not. Do I think the Steelers make the playoffs? Obviously, they're a no. Do I think they're going to win the Super Bowl? No, I wouldn't put money on that at all. You know, and I, I they're certainly not going to beat the Chiefs. No matter how good they are, I don't care what their record is. Like, I'm really sorry, but if Patrick Mahomes goes in with his first round bye, if the Steelers, you know, somehow don't get it themselves, he's going to destroy the Steelers. There's Pat Ben Roethlisberger's old ass is not going to go pound for pound, blow for blow with Patrick Mahomes. It's not going to happen. And this is, you know, coming from a, a guy who's a fan of a team that tried to do it and didn't do it. So I, I think the Steelers are having a great season. It's a it's a it's a really exciting story for them and their team. Ben comes back, you know, but I mean they've had 161 points against them and 235 points for them. Um the, they're playing some teams that are just not scoring a lot of points. Yeah, you know, if if you look at the tier, uh, you know, and hey, is that is that their defense? Probably, but like, you know, what happens? Like, let me just read some of these stats to you. So, uh, the Jaguars, two hundred forty-seven points against Texans, two forty-two. Uh, Browns, two hundred thirty-seven. Right. How much better is the Steelers' defense? Pretty much a, a lot. But, like, I just don't think that they've really played that offensive powerhouse that they are going to play in the playoffs. They will meet a team in the playoffs that will score the shit out of some points. And so it seems like it's, like, a very fun ride right now, happy-go-lucky, but, like, the honeymoon period is going to end, and they're going to have to play a really good team in the playoffs. And I just don't know that Ben Roethlisberger is the same guy anymore that he used to be. Yeah, I um, I don't think so either. I think we're we're nearing we're nearing the end there, and it's just gonna feel like a wasted season because of just how good this defense is and just how much skill talent they have around him. Like if they if you plug in a lot of these quarterbacks around the league, like I think we think about the Steelers team a little bit differently. It's very frustrating. Um. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. Well, we shall see. Um, is there any other game? Oh, the Falcons. The Falcons are. Yeah. I I think they, the NFC being as tough as it is to even with seven teams getting in, I think it's going to make it complicated for the Falcons to 
really sneak their way into postseason berth. But Raheem Morris is three and one as the starter, or as the starter, as the head coach. Um, lost some Drew Lock faith watching this game. Uh, he was bad. Uh, uh, Drew Lock might be bad. I, I I'm a little concerned about my Drew Lock optimism. You know who's not bad though? It's Mister Matt Ryan. 112 quarterback rating in this game, 25 35, 284 yards, three TDs, 8.1 yards per attempt. Like uh, Todd Gurley, would you like to guess what Todd Gurley ran for in this game? What his average yards per carry was? Because it's my favorite thing every week of Todd Gurley, Gurley gets 20 carries, Todd Gurley is bad, and uh, we just keep moving on because he got a touchdown. I mean, I'm just, I'm just here to say, like, I think Frank Gore's the better running back this year than Todd Gurley. <laughs> I mean, that's you know, I'm just where I'm at as a human being. Uh, 2.8 yards per carry this week from Todd Gurley. Yeah, so Frank Gore definitely actually had that. Um, I mean, that's why they got he got released. You know, it was it was a it was a oh, happy speaking of released. Lucky. Speaking of released, attack. I, I just some weird. What tweets. is up with that? By the way, I mean, uh, this has been going on for a while. I. I'm glad they're moving on, but like the biggest miss of the Dimitrov era is probably going first round on Vic and Tack and miss, whiffing just horrifically on both. Both teams, both players are no longer on the team. Yeah, just you but can't you know, whiff on both of those pass though, rushers. I gotta say, like going two pass rushers is never a bad idea, and they were really, you know, vaunted players coming into the draft. So I mean. They ended up being a horrible pick, but like you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. At the time, you know, we were we were all pretty impressed with what Atlanta did there. It just didn't work out, and that's just what happens. That you know, the NFL draft, as we know it, can be a crapshoot. You know, I, I gotta say, as a 49ers fan who has a team that desperately needs pass rush right now, with both of their starting pass rushers out, uh, I was kind of interested in that. But well, uh, he and Vic Beasley are both available. They were both yeah, released well, by their team. Fucking- hates kyle shanahan have you seen any of his tweets about kyle shanahan i have not he has he's got a long history of consistently talking shit about kyle history (laughs) kyle shanahan on twitter so when i saw that i was like well never mind (laughs) yeah it's probably not a good way to get signed by kyle shanahan um right yeah you know what else i love hayden hurst hayden hurst is just like Austin many, Hooper, the most overrated Falcons tight end in, in a very long period of time. Just the most overrated tight end in general. Such a, such a, such a, is the perfect storyline. Kyle Shanahan gives Austin Hooper this incredible, incredible season. Yeah. He then has another good season. The, the Browns are the Browns and they make him the highest paid tight end in the NFL. It, it. He's just not even close to being what Hayden Hurst is. Hayden Hurst, you line him outside, and he's just such a mismatch guy, and he's he's great. I, I love Hayden Hurst. Um, so yeah, I think uh, we're gonna see uh, if they can they can get in there. But um, I think the Falcons are really really going to uh, to make a strong push here. Um, do you have a what the what the fuck moment of the week for you? Do you have one? I, it's got to be Brady. I mean. <laughs> It, you know, like I just don't care about Tom Brady anymore. And I don't care about like the Bucks started to like really almost get really good to where I was like, holy shit, what if he did win the Super Bowl? Like how big of a deal would that be? You know, um, but seeing him humbled, you know, in the same like 
Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are missing each other right now, do you think? Wait, say that one more time. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are missing each other right now. Uh, I don't think so. I think Brady is enjoying life without the the Patriots infrastructure. I think he's actually enjoying his time. Bill, I don't. I do think Tampa's having fun. Or Tampa Tom's having fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he is, especially because he's got Gronk, his buddy he's there. Tan. He built yeah, his own organization. He's aging backwards. He's in the yeah. sun. He's not playing in New England wet weather anymore. I, I think Tom's happy. I'll give you that. I'll think that he's happy, but I mean, I think they're missing the winning a lot. Uh, that you know, I, I just Tom Brady's loss this week is something that just doesn't happen normally for Tom Brady. I mean, it's like it was a record-breaking loss. So, yeah. Um... I don't know. That's a good question. They would never answer it, honestly. Um, no, I would be curious if they, they've thought about texting each other about what they see. Or him and Josh. I wonder if they talk about it at all. Um, I don't know. Um, the Bill Belichick you up text? <laughs> I would love to be in a text thread with uh, the with those three. Just what, they're, what they think about each other. And then get Cam in there and be like, hey, yeah, Cam, what, Cam, maybe you should work on this. What are you doing here? And like, I don't know. They just help each other out. Um, are you ready to get into this week's picks? Uh, yeah, totally. Do you have, uh, last week's in front of you? I do indeed. Happy to report. I went undefeated once again. Did you? I'm just assuming. Okay. Well... Was it week nine? Week nine. Okay. Scores are up. Week nine. Well, we got the Packers right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. Uh, we got the Texans right. You chose Washington. Mm-hmm. I got that right. You got that wrong. Uh, we both took, both took the Ravens. That worked out just fine. We both took the Vikings. That worked out just fine. We both took the Titans. Got that right. We both took the Chiefs. No, I took the Panthers. And I was almost right. Why did you so take I the took, Panthers? Panthers to they cover, all, sure. But, like, Panthers to beat Mahomes? They almost did it. They, they almost did close. it. So, I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give myself a half win there. <laughs> no, you cannot. Uh, I, yeah, motion okay, declined. So record even. Uh, we both took the Seahawks, so we both got that wrong, but I think the most of the world did. We both took the Falcons because we know that the Falcons are just never going to lose a game again. Yep. Finally going to win their Super Bowl without Dan Quinn or Kyle Shanahan. Uh, we both took the Chargers. Completely wrong about that. Uh, I took the Cardinals and you took the Dolphins. You got that right. I did not. We both took the Steelers. We both took the Bucks. And then we both took the Patriots. So you were one up on me this week. You love to see it. You love to see it. Looking to build off that this week. Mr. Swords. But look, you know, but love, luckily for me, I'm not a coward. And I went for the, I went for the win, right? I went for the throat <laughs> by ch- choosing the Panthers to beat the, the chiefs. Mm, I'm interested to see how you do that this week. I guess with like the Texans over the Browns or something. I don't know what you're going to do here. Oh, um, so let's go. Let's let's get through this so we can both go to bed. Uh, Colts, go to bed. It's like nine o'clock for you. What time do you go to bed? I'm an old man. You have no Are idea. Are you really going to bed soon? 
Oh yeah, man. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally telling you I was, dr- there are 24 hours in a day. I slept for eight of them and I was in a car for nine of them. The four and a half hour drive from Vegas home to LA took seven hours because of traffic. Well, that doesn't sound like LA. No, from Vegas to LA. Mm. The, the traffic was coming back from Vegas, like close oh. to Vegas. It's just on Sundays, apparently, a lot of people are coming back from to LA. It's a pandemic, everyone go home. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah. Colts versus Titans. I'm taking the Titans, straight up. Ooh. Um, for AFC South supremacy. Um, I... I don't know if you can say South and supremacy in the same sentence together. <laughs> well, Might be I, a little sketch. That's true. I redact it. Um, so the Ravens didn't run the ball well against the Colts last uh, yesterday. The Ravens still struggled. Like they were, the Colts were controlling most of that. If first you're going to talk about the Colts game at all mm. and have it be about anything other than how bad Philip Rivers is. <laughs> I well, just don't know. No, the Philip Rivers fail and then him throwing his arms up um on the the interception was one of my favorite things I've ever seen. Um, so good. it was so good. Um they really, really shut down the rush, and I'm curious how they handled Derrick Henry, who has struggled this this season. And AJ Brown had a great game, obviously, against the Bears, but I think with this being at home, I think I trust Tannehill more than I do Rivers. But I really don't like this Titans defense. Um Give me the Titans, but I think this is going to be like a field goal game. I think this is going to be very, very close. So the Browns are coming off a bye. They've gotten some time. Uh, you know, they obviously came off a really big win. Uh, Baker Mayfield looked good. Uh, you know, a lot of momentum on the Browns side, which is why I'm going to take the Texans because the Browns are frauds. And I still think that they're garbage. And Baker Mayfield is garbage. I don't care how many times he throws four touchdowns. Uh, so I'm, I'm shooting for, for, uh, your boy, my boy, Deshaun Watson to, to light up the Browns. What about you? Uh, no, give me the Browns and the Browns have a sneaky, really, really easy shot to getting one of the, the, the seven playoffs. Uh, see, they do, they do four, they're, they're of, four of the eight remaining games for the Browns have a combined record of three and 27. They include. Both New York teams, Jacksonville, and this Houston Texans team. Everything is set up for the the Browns to uh, make the playoffs and maybe finish with nine or ten wins. Like, there is no excuse with this schedule that uh, they don't get a playoff seed. Right. So, here's the exciting one that I'm... (laughs) The Redskins versus the Lions. Um, Did you see that presser from Matt Patricia? I'm sure you didn't. No, I didn't. Okay. This reporter just straight up asked him, so you've been saying what seems like week after week for the last two years that uh, you got to get better. And then he pauses. And then he's like, why are you not getting better? (laughs) And it's just like cold-blooded question. Very much enjoyed it. Matt Patricia obviously did not enjoy the question at all with his pencil behind his ear like a weirdo. Um, the Lions have let, uh, allowed 75 points in their last two games. They're bottom five of the NFL in rushing and scoring defense. And they, this is an amazing stat. Like Patricia should have been fired for this alone. They have played three snaps 
in the last two weeks with 10 men on the field. Three. <laughs> How does that happen? Well, I think Matt Patricia, as much as I was excited for him, because I was excited for the Lions to maybe have some like of that New England special juice that uh, you're seeing uh, Mike, Matt Vrabel, you know, have um, Mike, sorry, uh, in, in Tennessee, excuse me. So I was excited for that, but it's just not there. Uh, that's why I'm taking the, the red, the Washington football team. Whatever's happening with the Lions, nothing is going to change until they get rid of Patricia. And I didn't even know that I, I was probably the latest to the fire Matt Patricia train. I know you were there early, but yeah, I'm, I'm taking the Redskins. Shout out to Alex Smith throwing bomb touchdowns to Terry McLaurin. For sure. Um, with all that being said, I'm still taking the Lions here. I'm still taking the offense. Really? Yeah, the Washington offense stinks. Like, it really stinks. Give me the Lions. Four and five Lions. They're just going to finish seven and nine in a very depressing seven and nine. Where are we going next? Ah, sorry. Yeah. So next we're going to uh, the Buccaneers and the Panthers. And, you know, last last time they played, I chose the Panthers and they lost. I'm still taking the Panthers this time. Shout out to Teddy Bridgewater. Had a great game, uh-huh. even though they didn't win. Uh, he is – talk about the ultimate game manager. He is winning football games just They've until – They've lost four the, straight. Just, I was, hold on. I said just <laughs> until the last, last part of the game <laughs> when it counts. Uh, I really I, – I still really like – the Panthers. I like what they're doing. Are I you like picking Teddy. the Panthers here. I am. I'm telling you, I don't. I don't think they're a bad football team. I think they're they're losing close games. Uh, I just just unbelievable. Uh, no, I'm taking the Bucks here. I, I'm taking uh, the Bucks. McCaffrey might not play um, in this game, but McCaffrey, for whatever reason, always struggles against the Bucks. So in the 18 games in which McCaffrey has played since the start of 2019, he has surpassed 100 yards of scrimmage in 14 of them. Just bonkers. And he went over 100, obviously, this past week before exiting the game. Um, the exceptions are a 98-yard game against the Saints and his three meetings with the Bucks, in which he has only averaged 62.7 yards from scrimmage. Give me the Bucks. Yeah. Lock it up. Okay. Eagles-Giants in a game that no one cares about. Not even Eagles and Giants fans want to watch this game. No, yeah. Um, the Giants turned the ball over five times against Washington. Daniel Jones remains just a walking turnover machine. Um, this team's dumb as hell. Uh, but also, uh, Alfred Morris, back on the scene, back from the dead, gets his old team, ran for 67 yards on nine carries. 20-yard run, 19-yard run. He averaged 7.4 yards per carry. The Gallman, Alfred Morris experience. Um, I guess I'm going... No, I think the Giants are turning a corner here. Give me the Giants. I thought the Giants looked better than normal this week. I can definitely see how they could be a decent football team in the next year or two. Um, I think they've got some really good pieces. And, you know, drafting offensive linemen is is really, I think, how you turn your team around. And they've been doing it. So I'm going to take the Giants, too, here. And I just, the Eagles are just a weird team right now. Jaguars Packers next. 
let's go ahead and lock that up. Did you see the Jake Luton bomb to yeah. open like 78 yard bomb, the Oregon state legend. We were, we were trying to figure out how to pronounce it. And I don't even know if we're pronouncing it right. He's the first player since 1950 to record 300 passing yards, 25 completions and one rushing touchdown in his first career start. Yeah. He'll always have that when he's ushered out for uh, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. He'll always have that moment. Yeah. I mean, good for him, but I want you to understand <laughs> as a giant ducks fan, I had no idea about the Beavers quarterback at all. Like they're so relevant and bad always that like good for him. Totally didn't even know who he was like no clue, but good for him. Uh, Bills Cardinals. This is a good game, but I'm taking the bills. I think the bills are on a hot streak right now. And I, you know, I think if the bills can beat the Seahawks, the bills should be able to beat the Cardinals. I think so too. I think the bills are just better. Um, tough break for the Cardinals to get the bills here after getting the Dolphins in back-to-back weeks. Um, Stefan Diggs leads the NFL in receptions and receiving yards. 63, 8, 13, three TDs. He's been a monster. Very much enjoyed having him on my fantasy team this year. Um, this Cardinal secondary stinks. Buda Baker is fine. Patrick Peterson's having a down year. Um, Isaiah Simmons isn't being used. I, I think the Bills are just going to throw all over this team and they're going to win in a shootout. Give me the Bills. Right. Uh, Chargers, Dolphins. I want to take. I want to keep picking the Chargers, but dude, they just are losing football games. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. The Dolphins look good, but I'm gonna pick the Chargers. You're out of your mind, but I, dude, they they're they're an inch away every game in true all, Chargers fashion. It's Chargers football right there. Yeah. Um, Justin Herbert, I got you a stat. Broke Cam Newton's <laughs> record for 2,103 yards for most pass yards in a rookie's first seven starts since 1950. He's just, he's just a good football player. You know what I love most about him? He is my favorite number three quarterback in his draft class. I've in my lifetime. He's my favorite third best quarterback in his draft class. I think. I'm gonna fight you. <laughs> I will say this though. Can you imagine being Keenan Allen and having to go from wet noodle arm Philip Rivers, who's yelling all the time and mad at everyone, to this young, beautiful man, Justin Herbert, who's just like, hey, Keenan, remember how you were one of the best wide receivers in the NFL? Let's do that again. So good for him. But you're taking the Dolphins, correct? Oh, I'm absolutely taking the Dolphins. Okay. I don't just give away free, free wins. It's a Chargers thing. And then Broncos Raiders, another game nobody cares about. The Raiders have had the toughest schedule in football this year. Also, some Derek Carr. I'm a big Derek Carr guy, as you know. Let me some Derek Carr. Don't let me some Drew Locke. Do let me some Jerry Judy. So right now, Derek Carr is a better passer rating than Brady and Breeze. Higher completion percentage than Mahomes and Rodgers. More passing touchdowns, I believe, than Kyler and Lamar. And a better touchdown to interception ratio than Russell Wilson while all playing the league's toughest schedule. Give me the Raiders. Give me the Raiders in the playoffs. Good for them. I think Derek Carr deserves more love this year. He's been great. 
Derek Carr has definitely had a, a decent year, and I'm glad to see after he got, you know, I'm, he almost went to the Super Bowl and broke his leg, and people just trashed him after that. So I'm going to take the Raiders too. I don't think it's uh, hard to say here that the Broncos are, you know, struggling without their quarterback. Uh, and the Raiders look pretty decent. So I'm, I'm happy for them to have a good game. Uh, another NFC West bloodbath, Seahawks-Rams. Rams coming off a bye. Get to play the Seahawks. What do you think? Do we think this gets flexed into Sunday night? Um, Who is the Sunday night game? It is the Ravens and the Pats. I don't think it gets flexed, no. The Pats are still the Pats, and the Ravens are, yeah. Okay. Um... Seattle's pass defense, the worst in the NFL. Trey Flowers and Shaquille Griffin are both allowing passer ratings above 113 when targeted. Griffin has allowed five touchdown passes in coverage. Quarterbacks are completing almost 70% of their passes against Seattle this season. For reference, Goff is only averaging 65% completion percentage. Um, It's unbelievable how bad this defense is. With all that being said, Give me the Seahawks, but this is going to be a high-scoring monster monster game. But I would not be surprised at off the Rams win. I would not. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going <sighs> to... This is a big game for the Rams. It really is. I'm going to take the Seahawks, and I just I don't almost don't want to. The Rams coming off of a bye. You know what? I'm going chaos. I've already got it. I'm going chaos. I'm going to take the Rams. Okay. If the Rams win this game, it's a big the NFC win. West it, yeah, it changes is season. fucked. Yeah. So, could be a big deal. Uh, Bengals, Steelers, I think this one's easy. Uh, the Steelers are about to go 9-0. and I think it is easy, but I will say, bad luck, Bengals. Um, bad luck, Burrow. The presumed rookie of the year. Um, he's going to have four different so this is like a from Elias uh, Sports Bureau. The only time they ever had four different offensive line starters from week one to the next for the Bengals was during the 1987 strike when they had to use replacement players. That's not a good sign. The offensive line's in shambles. And uh, that is a problem for Joey B against TJ Watt in this uh, pass rush. So I think it's going to be a rough day for, for Cincy. So give me the Bengals or give me the Steelers. Yeah, Joey Burrow is going to be baptized by fire for a long time to come. The 49ers and the Saints, a game that would have been a very good game had the Niners not lost every single player. Uh, last last week, the 49ers uh, were without Kendrick Bourne due to COVID concerns. And then as well, um, their star rookie receiver, Brandon Ayuk, as well as their starting left tackle, Trent Williams. Then they go to find out that Kendrick Bourne has not tested positive for coronavirus. In fact, he had a false positive test. And uh, with that, they still wouldn't let the players play that week because it was too early, too late. And it wasn't it was a Thursday game that didn't get moved. Uh, so they got destroyed this week again. Kendrick Bourne now apparently goes back into covid, uh, you know, covid scare or whatever you want, whatever they call it. Um, he might actually have coronavirus again or might have gotten it this time. Who knows? Uh, he is. Uh, this is the guy that is constantly Instagramming everything and he's been going out 
being around people since the beginning of this pandemic. So it is no surprise. We were all wondering how it did not happen sooner. Uh, that said, 49ers are going to go up against the Saints team that's just going to be healthy, and they are not. And it's probably going to be ugly. The Saints are probably going to try and get revenge for what happened in the playoffs, only for us to laugh about how they think that a game against a team with 15 people on IR is relevant. But, you know, go go Saints. I was reading a piece on uh, all 49ers, I believe is the SI vertical, and uh, making the case that uh, the, the 49ers are probably going to blow out uh, the Saints here because they're a good matchup for the Saints, and it's a classic overlook game after beating the Bucks. Um I don't think that's going to be the case. I think the Saints are going to nickel and dime the 49ers to death. Like, how different, in your opinion, is the Saints defense than the the 49ers like what does Saleh do differently like is he going to allow Drew Brees to sit and go 18 to 21 through the air like I obviously with the pass rush issue do you think having Sherman back changes things or do you think this is just a pretty pretty simple game plan for the Saints and they're just gonna do Saintsy stuff well I think first and foremost I don't think Sherman's coming back he got activated but I I still think they wait till the bye um but I you know I think at the end of the day, you just have no pass rush. Um, you know, the, the they're not running the ball the same way that they were last year, so I don't think they're going to be do that, be able to do that as effectively against the Saints. You know, no George Kittle, maybe no Debo Samuel, uh, Brandon Ayuk. Who knows what happens with the uh, the COVID stuff uh, because he was hanging around and practicing with uh, Kendrick Bourne, so. I just think it's going to be back to the old days, the beginning of the 49ers uh, tenure with Kyle, where he just doesn't have the players to do the things that he wants to do, and they're too injured. Yeah, I could see it. Where are we going next? Ravens and Patriots. I think that's a pretty easy choice here. I'm going to just say the Ravens, and then now you can do your fake (laughs) uh, cam for MVP thing. I'm not going to do a fake thing. I just think it's going to be low scoring, I think. Uh, not having Calais Campbell is going to be a problem for the Ravens for a couple of weeks. I think the Colts were able to do a lot of stuff against this Ravens team. Lamar struggled throwing the ball downfield. Like they had to activate Des Bryant and use him. Like they're weak in the receiving core. Um, they're struggling to run the ball. I think there are real problems with that offense. Um, I don't know. I think this is uh, going to be close. I would not be surprised if the Pats won this game, but I will take the Ravens. But uh, I will say it's a very close game. Yeah. I don't think it's a close game, but, you know. <laughs> Vikings-Bears, our final game of the week that no one cares about. I disagree. Will not be I'm very excited about this Monday night game. I'm very excited to watch this one. I think this is going to be fascinating because it's one of the NFL's best defenses, a great rivalry with Bears-Vikings, but also an offense that's rolling coming into a situation where the Bears... This, is, this is the Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man meme incarnate. Mm. This is... Two good defenses playing two decent offenses with terrible quarterbacks. I think the Vikings offense is borderline elite right now. So I mean, hey, I dude, you put that running back mm-hmm. in any football Justin team. Justin Jefferson deserves credit he too. He's, what, he's been amazing. Justin Jefferson's been awesome. Thielen's still good. I know, but I'm but I'm I know yes. My point is is 
my point is is that Kirk Cousins and the issues that he has as a quarterback can be masked very well when you have Dalvin Cook and then to your point, you know, a possession receiver like Justin Jefferson who has had a great rookie campaign. Vikings offense, number one in yards per play. They're first in passing yards per attempt and net yards per attempt, 7.9. And first in rushing yards per carry at 5.5. So Give me I, the will take, I will take the Vikings, but I just still think the Bears are frauds. The, ba- the Bears are definitely frauds, but I do think the Vikings are coming. The Vikings are coming, folks. The Vikings are coming. Okay, my friend. Well, it has been uh, an interesting week of football. Uh, mm-hmm. Your team is getting better. My team is getting worse. The NFL, pretty entertaining this year. It's been good. I'm glad to have it back. Um, good midway point. Still a lot of question marks. A lot of good teams. A lot of teams we're still uncertain about. No elite teams, which I, I like. Um, like We really have no idea who's going to be in the Super Bowl this year, which is cool. We really have no idea. Especially well, I mean, I think, I think the Chiefs. <sighs> yeah, I mean, the Chiefs are should be the favorite, but I mean, I still would not be be stunned if it was somebody like the Bills or the Titans or um, even the Colts would not blow me away. Um, oh my gosh, come on! I know, probably not the Colts. Um, I don't know, Steelers, Ravens still can do it. Um, there are options. But yes, yeah. the Chiefs are the favorite. The NFC is just going to be a bloodbath. I have no idea. Um, Mr. Swords, is there anything you would like to uh, plug before you get out of here? Uh, no, man. You know, this this podcast, 49ers Hub for all things 49ers. But, you know, I wouldn't need to plug that. If you're, if you're listening to me, you probably know all about it. So uh, drink water. Stay hydrated. Uh, thank you, as always, Mr. Evan Swords. I just am gonna say it like ninety three times on a podcast to really like retrain my brain. I think that's the way you 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 learn something. Um, but either way, thank you as always, sir. Thank you for making the the extra effort tonight after a weekend of travel. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll be back next Monday night. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.